Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to Secret Artists Podcast, the podcast where comedians do art and have a chat. What's not to like? I'm your host, Annie McGrath, and this week I'm joined by the fantastic Rosie Holt. We had a very nice time. I went to Rosie's flat. We chatted all things comedy, politics, family, and we painted whilst eating cupcakes. A lovely time. Enjoy the episode, and if you want to see mine and Rosie's artworks, then follow us on social media at Secret Art Pod. Enjoy the episode, and see you on the other side. Rosie Holt is a brilliant actor and comedian, best known for her satirical videos skewering the political landscape, which have amassed millions of views online and have been included in the top 10 best political comedies by The Times. In 2022, Rosie was nominated for Emerging Creator in the Broadcasting Press Guild Awards and that same year won the Chortle Social Media Award. Rosie has her own critically acclaimed podcast, Non-Censored, where she plays Tory MP Harriet Langley Swindon, a fictional character often confused by, in her words, stupid people for being a real person. She's got her head in her hands. She's a gal of many talents and I'm delighted to have her on the podcast. Thank you Hello, very Rosie. much. Thank you. Oh, that's horrible listening to destruction. Sorry. No, thank you. Thanks I don't know if that's true about on. the stupid people thing. Um, it was in I an article in say, iNews. I did say it, but I don't mean didn't it. Mean to say, and you know, as soon as I said it, I remember that interview being like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. It's bad. I hate that. Because then it's in print. Yeah. And then I found it. And, and then, then I put it in your intro. <laughs> and also, because most people tend to think she's a real MP to begin with. Yeah. You think, I'm not saying they're all stupid. No. But there are but some they are. stupid. That's the problem. <laughs> but also, actually, my podcast isn't, it's, um, isn't a, it's a different character. Is it's it? It's really different. It's a really, totally different character. Okay. No, I, I, um, I said to, her um, name dropped, Sean Walsh was like, I never knew they were different characters. I was like, they are, they're really, di- they're really different. He said that all your characters are the same. They're just <laughs> Rude. different. I've got range, Sean. <laughs> no, she's like, the, the podcast, the idea was it was like a right wing talk show host. Yeah. And then my MP is um, nicer and just says what the government wants her to say. That's the way I okay. see it. That's yeah. the way you see it. So really um, important that people understand we that. We do station. need to sort of dig into our cupcakes a little bit. I've I'm got a red velvet. I'm so excited that and you cupcakes. Well, I don't know what it is, but it's really exciting. Well, I asked like her, I little... said, what's the one with a triangle on top? Yeah. She said Rocky Road, and I said, is it oh, nice? Oh, so it is. It and looks great. She didn't say yes, but she sort of... Do you remember? Because as you said, like Lola's is always oh, on, um, on... Do you want a spoon? I've got Maybe. this. I've mm. got one, but then I want that spoon. I might go and get one. Yeah, can I? Yeah, it's like um, I can get your spoon. Mm. <laughs> well, maybe a fork. Maybe you could. I do a fork. Mm. You can have a fork. Thank you. Yeah. So for the listener, 
It was Rosie's birthday on Saturday. So at the time of recording, um, we're still in the birthday week, hence the cupcakes. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, cupcakes. Did you, because, like, you, cause you said you got Lola's from um, a station. Yeah, I'm Do very snobby about station cupcakes, but I did think this is perfect. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm at the station at the and station, I wanted to get some cupcakes. It looks good. Yeah. But do you remember they used to have, out on stations, they used to have, four Lola's, they had Millie's cookies. Oh, do you yeah. remember Millie's cookies? I do, yeah. And I used to, whenever I had a big um, train ride, I mm. always treat myself to Millie's cookies. What's your flavour of choice? I think, well, I liked the white... Because they, they don't do them anymore. Do they not? No, they, I'm a Ben's Cookies they, gal. I love... Ben's Cookies is, is superior. Yeah. Because I grew up in Oxford. Used to be again. And, and they started oh, in Oxford. Did they? Yeah. Well, see, I um, grew up in Somerset and we'd go to Bath for, spe- like, special occasions. Yeah. Because it was the nearest city. Mm-hmm. And they had a Ben's Cookie in Bath. Mm. Ben's Cookies is great. But no, Minnie's Cookies used to be like the Lola's Cupcake of cookies. And it yeah. was only in... Um, train stations but yeah. now they don't do them anymore R.O.P yeah, they did one with Smarties didn't they yeah yeah they did realise I can't just really have good. cupcake in my mouth for the whole podcast <laughs> um, so Rosie yeah I don't know what you've chosen for us to paint Are you, I, have you got oh, well, okay what was I don't know what was, what I was thinking of I, it's, it's actually quite a sort of um, self-centred idea because it's just something I've been worrying about go right? on <laughs> So I'm doing uh, at the time of this recording. Yeah. I've got, I'm doing the the Latitude Festival this oh, weekend. Oh yes, and I've never performed at a festival before. Okay, and I'm quite nervous about it because they're tough gigs. They're tough. <laughs> this is what I hear. They're yeah. tough gigs. Also, I'm doing half an hour, mm-hmm. and I did, it didn't help that I did because I gig a lot. But I did a gig last week that didn't go great. It was still fine. Yeah. But you know, one of those gigs where you you basically use up what feels like all your material in quite a short space of time mm-hmm. and then I'm like god what if that happens on latitude stage it'll be god. fine the thing that's hard about festivals I've found is when you get on the stage yeah. a lot of people are like walking in or walking out because someone would have just finished yeah. so there'll be like either a massive exit or a massive influx yeah and there's a lot of like shouting into well the air yeah you're outside sounds, sounds difficult um so I was thinking and then so so there's latitude going on also recently the art I've seen mm. has been quite sort of um, old school in terms of um, like big paintings of like war or some, or some yeah. kind of um, reenactment and I quite like doing that of like a festival mm. I think we should like <laughs> I think we should like paint festival like a war with, like a war like people that. vomiting and like yeah that's good someone on stage dying on their art I don't know <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you dying on your like, ass I feel like that might be quite an ambitious um, thing to draw yeah I like on the ambition on a piece of paper so like maybe it. it could just be like like aspects mm. sort of like just, let's do it yeah, I think you're going to smash think. it though so I don't think you should be worried really so painting cool. from the mind I'm really bad at this but we're gonna give it a go. Yeah, so it's really exciting. Oh, this is yeah. The, I don't want to. That's the paint in your water. water. No, no, that's that's shared. And this is our drinking water. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's our drinking. And this water. is our tea. Yeah. Rosie, do yes. you consider yourself to be an artist? Well, so um, no. <laughs> but, Short answer. But, no. Thank well, you for coming. I used on to, <laughs> no, I used to when I was a kid. I used to draw. I used to paint all the time, and I um. I, w- I won a load of competitions and actually I was uh, I don't want to blow my own trumpet but mm-hmm. I was really good to the point that a lot of the um, kids at school I remember whenever we had competitions they would 
like us, they'd say we don't think Rosie should be allowed to participate <gasps> because she'll, she'll she'll win. Oh my god! And um, so, uh, yes, and what did the teachers say to that? They said no. She they 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 stood up for me. Good. But um, yeah. So as a result, but yeah. So I won all these competitions. So I won like um. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I won one competition where I got to meet, it was for Amnesty International yeah and I won it and I got to meet Tony Blair who was oh then Prime Minister oh my god and uh, and then another one I, I won I got to go up in a hot air balloon with Martin McCutcheon very cool yeah and what was um, Tony Blair like um, well he was quite sort of uninterested so yeah. he signed I said oh, I was like oh can you sign my autograph book mm-hmm. he was like Right, yeah, but he didn't, I don't think he actually looked at me. He sort of took photo with me. Yeah, he didn't like look at me, and I remember thinking his teeth was quite bad. That's the kind of interesting. And I was, I think I was twelve. He was too busy starting. So that was what that was what was interesting. He was too. He had he had different things on his different mind. He had war on his mind. <laughs> um, do you think you drew early inspiration from meeting Tony Blair? It's interesting, isn't it? I don't think I. I don't think I did. No. I think so. When I was growing up, I wasn't very interested in politics. Um, my younger brother was. He was absolutely obsessed. And he was very obsessed with kind of New Labour. Mm-hmm. Not. I don't think in a way that he thought it was brilliant or something. He just was. Mm-hmm. And then my mum and him used to. Um, they used to talk about politics all the time, and I, I thought it was really boring. And I remember once sort of saying, "Who are you?" Who are you talking about? Um, who's blah de blah or whatever? Mm-hmm. And, they, and my mum went, oh, Rosie, you don't know who blah de blah is. I hate that. Yeah, and then because then you so don't stupid. want you, don't, you just you're just like okay, well I, I won't, I won't learn then. Yeah, and then you're too scared to ask. Yeah, teacher, mum. So do you think that's triggered this whole sort of <laughs> yes, revenge, shift in your career? Revenge because my mum did not nurture my talent. No, it completely happened by accident, really. I sort of... Uh, it was kind of during lockdown. Um, and I think, like, everybody was sort of... You start... You're, you're watching the news much closer because I, I think this government were just making so many kind of catastrophic mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and also I wasn't doing anything else. So... Um, sort of during the Black Lives Matter protests, and then I, I posted some. I posted a video because I just thought I, the, I just was reading all these comments on the internet of people going, "They're destroying democracy by taking down these statues," and I thought it was a really funny argument. Yeah. So I thought I'll 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 put a video up pretending to be some right wing opinionist talking about it. And uh, was this the Stalin yes. statue? Yeah. Yeah. Where I said. Um, I've got a statue of Stalin in my garden because I um, I appreciate history, and um, yeah, it kind of went viral, and so it kind of it kind of went from there really, and that character became my podcast character, which is um, Harriet Langley Swindon. Yes. Um, and how did it feel going viral for the first time? It was really surreal. It kind of um, that that time was quite exciting. Mm-hmm. It was a bit surreal, and then it was a bit mad because I didn't realise that so many people would think it was real, yeah. and there was a lot of people going, "How dare you have a statue of Stalin in your garden? You know, you're awful." Um, and uh, then, um, but I think late it, it kind of happened in stages because that one seemed really big. But then I the net I did a sketch about uh, a month later about Shamima Bajan which mm-hmm. of course people have very strong opinions about and that was very that felt very full on and then that kind of freaked me out because I had some sort of big figures sort of 
sort of tweet and go, oh, this is great. And then yeah. that, it kind of made me a bit scared to tweet. I remember thinking, oh, God, what if I tweet something stupid and yeah, really did you feel like about way it? more pressure to sort of replicate yeah. the, um, the first viral sensation. It's scary, isn't it, when suddenly lots of people... It's, it's really, yeah, it's really surreal. It's kind of, yeah. it feels weird. Also, because it was all happening over lockdown, so I wasn't seeing anybody. So you're kind of interacting with people online, but um, and and people, but you you're not you're not seeing anyone. And then also it was weird because it was only sort of when lockdown started lifting and and I get recognised. But that during lockdown that wasn't happening because I'm, there was just no one. Yeah. And I fled back to my parents anyway, so I was only sort of bumping into old people in fields. <laughs> Do you find it more nerve wracking putting out stuff online than um, doing live stuff? No, no. Um, and also, I, I, I kind of, um, I kind of got over that that thing of um, going, oh God, what what if I do this wrong and whatever. Yeah. Um, Is that you going viral now? That's me going viral. <laughs> switch it on silent. Oh. Oh, good, good oh. thing. Good thing. Oh, so popular. Um, no, I think going on stage is always more scary. Also, yeah. I think. Because I've been doing straight stand-up. When I first started putting those characters on stage, I thought there's a kind of thing of going, will this work? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if it will. Um, and do you feel pressure to put out content regularly? Well, now? I did. And then I've been really bad since um, the last six months. And I think I think part of it is because Elon Musk has made Twitter a much more unappealing place to be. Mm-hmm. Also, the engagement is much lower. So yeah. it's a bit... Um, it's a bit dispiriting when you've done a video and where you usually get lots of views, suddenly it's kind of much less. Yeah. And then also, the, the sometimes this government's really, it's really depressing. I, there was a news story recently um, where they, do you see this, where they painted over, in um, for, for child asylum seekers, they mm-hmm. painted over murals of um, Mickey Mouse and things because yeah. it gave the wrong impression. It was too sort of welcoming. It's so awful. And um, there was an interview with a, politician where she was sort of defending it and she was going well you have to understand we you know it, it's important there's there's too many too many refugees and she was just sort of avoiding the question mm-hmm. and I could see how I would make it but I just just felt sort of so depressing I thought also I guess is it hard when it's like the politician is literally doing the parody that you would do yeah is it hard to yeah, sort of work completely. out the angle if it's like you're sort of mimicking something that already yeah exists also sometimes the subject is so kind of grim that it's there's not really much laughs to be had from it yeah. i don't always mind that sometimes i'll do something i'll go i know this isn't particularly funny but it's still sort of in character yeah i can't i can't remember how to paint a i started trying to paint a tent and i realized i have no idea how to do it i've just done sort of red curtains that's like a suggestion of the I, stage. I like that and you said you were in lockdown with your parents when you started making yes. these videos yes. did they I mean, you may not want to say what their political leanings are, but were they sort of on board with the the stuff you were doing? Um, yeah, they were. They were. I'm, I mean, I remember my um, dad, I was getting... I, I was dealing with my first pile-on, which is, um, for people who don't know, it's when you get literally hundreds of people telling you, tweeting you, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. And um, Which is so nice. It was so nice. And I remember really, really getting to my My dad was going, just don't look at it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I was going by, I have to look at it. And also there's nothing else going on. Yeah. How um, do you deal with trolls? So I've now, I've got better. So the big mistake, so the first time I got a pylon, 
mm-hmm. was when I tweeted my own opinion. And actually, looking back, I think that was a really arrogant thing to do. Because actually, who cares about my opinion? I don't care about my opinion. I'm not... What was that opinion? It was. So, it was um, during the um, Kill the Bill protests, which yeah. was when the the government were putting through this awful law, basically, one of the awful laws they were doing, but criminalising protests, I think. I think mm-hmm. it was against that. And so there was protests quite rightly against that. And then in Bristol, the some of the protests, the protests got hijacked and it got really violent. And yeah. then... There was, it was on the news that um, sort of one police officer had had an arm broken, another had broken his ribs. Mm-hmm. And then I went on Twitter and there was lots of people um, going, yeah, this is, you know, this is great. This is, um, um, fuck the pigs kind of thing. And I thought, this is terrible. This is not who we are. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I tweeted something like... Um, oh, are we saying broken bones or something is a good idea now? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then people got so angry. And there was lots of people tweeting me that I was a bootlicker and a right-wing authoritarian. And then... Um, and then that was really intense. And then I... Um, and then two days later, um, it was revealed that actually the police had exaggerated the injuries. Right. So actually... They'd been hospitalised, but no bones were broken. Okay. And so Owen Jones replied to my now kind of three-day-old tweet saying, mm-hmm. Hi, Rosie, I like your stuff, but this is this is misinformation. And suddenly I had so many tweets of yeah, people saying... Yeah, he's got saying, a massive following. Yeah. And so many tweets of people saying that I was... Um, um, just wow! Oh god, that was it. Loads of people sending me pictures of people who'd been violently beaten up by the police <laughs> and going, "Do you like this? That Do you, you like this? this? Yeah, don't you? you love this, Rosie? This is your sort of thing, isn't it? So mental, and and also it was so stupid because I was really against the bills and I'm all for protests. I I just I think I just was. Anyway, it doesn't. There's no room for nuance. There's no room for nuance, and also I handled it badly because you. I responded for some of them I'd sort of like go well no this is what I was trying to do mm. or some just I could see why people end up kind of when you see these angry right wingers on Twitter because you your reaction is to just kind of go um um fuck you all because yeah, you want to sort of fight your corner yeah or, or you don't want to be misunderstood you want to be able to explain yourself yeah if and there was so people would tweet like someone tweeted to me, "Will you recant what you say? Will you apologise?" And I was thinking, "Fuck you all!" I said it was not that controversial. Yeah. So I remember someone said, "Will you recant?" And I replied saying, "No, bye." And then <laughs> someone else screenshotted it, and then that screenshot it still haunts me. They still like. God. Um. So, but anyway, I had this chat with um, Ishan Akbar. Yeah. And oh, I've got paint on myself. And he said, he said to me, why, but why did you tweet that in the first place? Like, who cares what you think? Which was actually really helpful because I thought, why did I tweet that? I'm not, you know, I'm not um, a commentator Mm. or a, and also I don't, I don't, I'm not someone who is a real, I'm not really assured on my opinions anyway. I mean, it was really funny. My ex-boyfriend rang me up when I did that tweet and he said, this is really awful, you should take it down, the police are awful. And I said, you know, no, they're not saying the police are great. Mm. But it was sort of, 
it was one of those things where um, I thought, I think I miss, I, sh- I shouldn't be thinking that people care about my opinions because that's not what I do. I do stupid sketches. Yeah, but I suppose it's, I can see why when the stuff you do is political, why when something like that happens, you think it is sort of linked to what you do to voice your opinion. Yeah, but it was but. silly. I shouldn't have done it. But And yeah. and it went on for, when it goes on for about three days of people, um, like, I remember one person wrote, I was a monster just like all my characters. <laughs> <laughs> but, but after that, I kind of... Um, that was really awful. And now I get parlance much less because I'm, I'm much more savvy about um, tweeting what I... Like, obviously, I think people can tell where I'm politically lie-looking at my stuff, but I'm not yeah. going to put anything out there. Um, and did you delete that original tweet? I think I did in the end. I, I think originally I wasn't going to, and then I, I, I just thought I was getting so much grief. Mm-hmm. I just I just took it down. It was so horrible. But then people love that as well, don't they? Oh, yeah. like, oh she's, taking, go, it she's taking it down. She's, she's afraid. Changed her mind. Yeah. yeah. And what do then you really people, think? And you Crazy. can't win. Like, people would say stuff and then they go, but, oh, yeah, that was another thing. I remember a week later, the police did something awful and someone put it underneath going, oh, this is awful. Bet Rosie Hope won't even reply to me saying this. So I did reply and I said, no, I do think this is awful. I don't love the police. And then mm. I went, oh, so you don't love the police, do you? Well, you loved it when. And I just thought, actually, you can't really win. Yeah. And um, also, them saying, bet she's not even going to reply. I can see why that. <laughs> makes you want to reply for really bad but I've learned that so now I have much less parlance so do you just tend to not reply to stuff now yeah I don't reply and I don't put my image in sometimes I slip up and um but parlance are horrible they, they fill um they fill off because it feels like because actually you're only getting hundreds of people tweeting you that you're horrible but it feels like everyone hates you yeah, well, it's easier to focus on those ones, isn't it? Then people are like, so funny, so true. <laughs> yeah, so like, true. that doesn't You're cut like, as God, deep. You know nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stupid idiots. <laughs> Tell me you hate me. <laughs> um, oh, well, I'm sorry about all that. That's it's, okay. I forgive you. It's yeah, it was all me, <laughs> and that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast to hear your apology, IRL. Yeah. I'll be like, oh no, and he's and he's trolling me again. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Annie McGrath, from Secret Artist Podcast. Just thought I'd pop in and interrupt myself to promote my gig, Annie McGrath and Friends, which is coming up on the 31st of October, aka Halloween. Ooh. If you're not out trick-or-treating, then I would urge you to come to 21 Soho, where I will be joined by a fantastic lineup of comedians. Vittorio Angeloni, Elf Lyons, Sean McLaughlin, Dan Cook and Bronwyn Sweeney. And it's going to be a great night of stand-up. So book tickets via 21 Soho's website and hopefully see you there. Ooh, I'm scared. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Am I right in thinking you started out doing sort of double acts and sketches? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, well, so I, so I trained as an actor years ago. Um... Lander, and was Lander. That? And then I, um, it wasn't going very well. I wasn't really getting much um, stuff. And then, and then I think, I think this is the case with a lot of actors, is the, even if you are getting stuff, it's nothing, it's not really, you, you're just part of someone else's creative vision. Mm-hmm. So um, I was uh, a bit frustrated. And then what I liked about, I was living with Harriet Kemsley at the Aww. time. And she, Friend of the podcast. she was um, she was just starting out with comedy, and I remember I went to see so I was her plus one in so many grim gigs. And I remember thinking, oh god, I want to do this. So that didn't really appeal, but it did make me think, oh, I should start. I could start writing my own stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I started. Um, I wrote something. I wrote like um, started writing little kind of comedy sketches, and then I won. So you think you write funny, which is the short-lived little known sister saying that you um, so you think you're funny, and um, and then from that, I, um, I think a year later, I started. First, I started very shamefully doing stand-up with a ukulele. Oh yeah, which is really very noughties. Also, I mean, people are very contemptuous of it, quite rightly, because you're being. I think that's only because there was a phase where it was like you couldn't get on the train to Edinburgh without seeing fifty-five thousand ukuleles. That was me jumping on that bandwagon. Um, yeah, and then I did I did some sketch comedy and all sorts, and um, and then by the time um, I. Yeah, so I, I and then and then I kind of more to just basically just doing straight stand up, mm-hmm. um, and then I was doing that for a couple of years, and then actually before the pandemic, I kind of fell out of love with it a bit. I didn't really like talking about myself on stage, and I felt that um, previously it felt quite cathartic yeah. to be doing comedy about stupid stuff I'd done, but actually I felt like oh, I'm just. <laughs> Just making myself depressed by talking about <laughs> the stupid stuff I do, and um, so that was quite sort of anecdotal, like personal stuff, was it? You weren't doing characters at that point. No, I wasn't doing characters. Yeah, so I was literally just doing sort of observation. I mean, it was always it was sort of turning into quite. Um, it would always go quite sort of weird. So, for example, I had a routine about um, based on the fact that I once bought two phones. Mm-hmm. because I, I had no money but I went into a phone shop and when I go into any kind of shop I'm very easily um, like I've been scammed so many times I'm very easily talked around into things okay. and I went into the good shop good to know for all your internet followers <laughs> yeah keep that in mind guys she's the perfect target and I um, they he said do you want a phone for business or uh, do you use your phone for business or, or pleasure? And I said, well, both. And he went, why don't you get two phones? And he basically, and I knew it was a bad <laughs> was idea. Joking? No, but I couldn't think properly. And he ended up 
persuading me to get these two phones. And I got home with these two phones. I couldn't believe what I did. And I yeah, hid one of the you phones. Yeah, phones for both business and Yeah, pleasure. it was really stupid. It was really stupid. I couldn't believe what I did. So I hid one of the phones in the wardrobe. Um, From yourself? Yeah, because I, re- I was so ashamed. But I was paying stuff on it. And I, at this, also at this point, I had literally no money. It was so bad. And you and were paying two contracts? I was paying two contracts. Which shop was this? <laughs> I think it was phone. I think it was phones for you, but I don't want to. I don't want them to libel me because I can't quite remember. That's why it's phones, not phone for you, because yeah. they always <laughs> try to get you two. But That's I am, outrageous. I had like a routine about that, but it became a bit like the telltale heart in that I could hear the phone vibrating in the in the, in the cupboard. So I do kind of stuff like that. So it wasn't sort of. But it was still it was just depressing me that all these stupid stuff I did, I was kind of making routines out, which to begin with I found cathartic and then I ended up going, I hate myself. So I'd sort of, leading up to the pandemic, I kind of stopped doing it, but I was still doing that, like my acting had started doing better and I was I had, was doing this show called The Crown Jewel with Brendan Murphy, mm-hmm. um, which was a parody of Netflix as The Crown and we were playing all the parts. Yeah. And... Um, were you hoping that might be a shortcut to getting a role in The Crown? Oh, yeah, that would have been so great. But we were about to go to America and do a six-month tour of that. Oh, wow. And then the pandemic happened, and so that kind of all fell through. And then I was, yeah, back at my parents. And um, and then, yeah, and then I started doing the, the internet stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was funny. It was like, yeah. really. So do you think you would do The Crown show live now? Um, I don't Is know. It, the can't, I love doing it. I think the moment has kind of passed for it. Um, but it was it was really fun. I loved doing that show. And it was mm-hmm. really well written. I, I mean, I didn't write it, but it was really well written. And mm. I um, it was so much fun to do. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's funny. I, I never would have thought when I... Because I wanted to be a performer when I was really young. I never thought I'd end up doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was no... Twitter for starters. So. <laughs> um, and going back to your creative skills. Yes. What were the... I don't think you actually said what you had painted to win that prize. Oh, yes. So, well, um, so for the, the Amsterdam one where I met Tony Blair. Yeah. That was... Um, I painted... Um, it was all these refugees in the water. Very, I mean, in retrospect... So ahead of your time. So ahead of the time. And then the, the bird of Amnesty scooping them up and putting them in little nests. Wow. Um, and a, a nod to the organisers. Yeah, it's really good. That's probably why they liked it. They're like, yeah. yeah, this makes us look great. It's got our logo on it. And then I had, I won, um, what else did I, I, uh, I, I can't remember what I painted to win going up in a hot air balloon from the mountain <laughs> clutch. On my mountain bike, I, I did a, um, a, an illustration for a, a book cover and I mm-hmm. chose an R.L. Stein story. Oh, did you nice. read R.L. Stein? I don't know if I did actually. They were, they were these American books and they were kind of like Stephen King but for kids. Okay. And they were really kind of quite... Spooky. Uh, they, they were quite nasty. This, speaking of nasty, this painting I've done is absolutely horrible. Well, you've, you've got really much further than me. I've, um, I've been coming too slow. Do you have any favourite artists? I wish I knew more about. Art. I like. Um. I like. I like that Francis Bacon. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love a bit of bacon. I love that. I like the kind of. He does quite sort of horror like. Yeah, I like that. That's figures. what I like. That. 
I like all that kind of stuff. She likes the darkness. Like the darkness. <laughs> Where do you think it comes from? Well, I think it comes from... So I'm one of five. And Are you? Yeah. Wow. And my older brother... So, it was, so, so there's me and my younger brother, Charlie, and we're, quite, we're close in age. We're the sort of year and a half between us. Um, and then... Um, then there's a, there's a sort of seven year gap, and there's my sister, and then there's my twin brothers, who are the oldest, who are nine years older than me. Mm-hmm. And they used to play all these games with me and Charlie when we were young, where they sort of, um, which in retrospect, they were really kind of macabre. <laughs> so they were like, um, um, and it was really amazing. They'd make these whole fantasy worlds up, mm-hmm. and these characters, and they'd play the different characters. But then if we did something they didn't like they'd always kill these characters off so for example they'd go brutal they'd go um i remember ben wanted me to um give him some i was eating some chocolate and he wanted some and i went no he went can i have some real chocolate he goes well if you don't do that then um jacob will die and i was like what do you mean and then he started going please please why, why are you doing this to me? And I go, I go. And part of me was old enough to know that, he, of course, Jacob was being made up by my brother. Yeah, but it's quite a scary image. Do it, and then he start going. He go, why, why? I thought we were friends. And so then I end up going, okay, you have the chocolate. And then he'd be like, oh, it's too late. Take the chocolate. He go, Jacob died because you weren't, you weren't quick enough. Oh, God. And so sort of like your online characters when the trolls come in and start. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. Death threat. Have you had death threats? I've had like one. I've had one. Well, I I've probably had more, but I've put up a load of um on Twitter. You could put up a load of things that you don't see. I don't see anything anyone writes if they don't have if they don't follow you. Is that it? Um, no, if they don't like have um a photo or they've oh, given that's in clever. or they haven't given Twitter their email address or something so they're kind of basically mm. your typical troll site so I don't see those now which is really good um, so a lot of the abuse I miss that's nice but um, I got I got one I got one one death threat that I saw which just which was, it was just like just saying I should drink cyanide or something it's alright isn't it that's alright as far as death threats go that's <laughs> okay <laughs> um, hopefully you won't get any off the back of this podcast. it's not that sort of podcast um, so you're I think at the time we put this out you will have come back from this year's Edinburgh Festival. but oh last year your Edinburgh run sold out before you even got there yeah was that a nice feeling or was that nerve wracking it was really nerve wracking I felt bad because I felt like I was so lucky and that I'd never had that happen with Edinburgh before I used to hardly anyone so but actually it really freaked me out and what freaked me out was that I'd um it was the first time I'd put those characters on stage Mm -hmm. so I felt like I was still working it out, really. Yeah. And then, um, so it selling out was great, and I was really thankful. But I also really freaked me out. I feel much better about this year because I've I've, I've done a year of gigging round clubs and these characters. Yeah. But um, then it, it just I I felt like everything was moving quite fast, and I thought I I don't know. Um, and did you feel that the characters translated immediately quite well to live stuff, or did you have to? make quite a lot of changes I think I had to so actually the MP works really well on stage but in my my first number show I didn't put her on stage for very long because I wasn't 
confident enough that she would be able to laugh because usually for anyone who hasn't seen it I sort of insert myself into existing news footage so she's been interviewed by a um a reporter and so I thought god how's this going to work on stage so I was a bit unconfident of that so I had loads of different characters where this year it is it's mainly just her and my right-wing talk show host nice um but it it was it was it was really great and I had a great time and the audiences were great but I um I yeah I I found I found it really I found the pressure really crazy mm. and then you feel bad because you're kind of like I'm so lucky um and I shouldn't I should be really I should yeah I guess it's hard when it's like this is the thing I've always wanted but it still feels like it's like just, I just also just thought what if I um what if it's just not um, what if everyone decides they don't like me on stage? Mm. But that that didn't happen. That's and spoiler. do you feel like you found your audience now? Then do you think the people that are coming to see you live are the people it's aimed at? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's funny because the nice thing actually about doing um, doing um, gigs sort of in clubs and stuff is I've got is actually you end up doing it to people who who aren't really finding me online so sort of younger mm-hmm. people where actually who actually always goes down really well in clubs like with drunk kind of entities <laughs> and stuff but it turns out they really like this Tory MP coming on and telling them um, what they should be doing um, so sometimes I kind of would like that to translate a bit more to my stage shows but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that will kind of come yeah um so I get at the moment I get a lot of um, centrist dads, which I like. Look, uh, I, I like the centrist dads. They're great. And mums or just are you more of a dad, dad. <laughs> more of a dad. <laughs> I don't know. They seem to be my like core. Cool. But um, I think, um, yeah, I think that. So it, and now it's sort of I'm now just kind of slightly trying to widen, um, and hopefully, but. It's, yeah, I don't know. I'll see. I, see, I'll see how Edinburgh goes, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and what's your pre-show routine? Uh, my pre-show routine is usually, um, usually some stretches. Mm, nice. Um, like, sort of, weirdly, I think that's true for most girls. Like doing your makeup, kind of gets yeah. you in. It does feel like you're going out to battle (laughs) (laughs) it does Um, that protective lipstick yeah Um, but also I so this is really wank I'm a bit embarrassed about this because it's so wanky but because so I have a really my voice is really um, sort of um, weak in that it's I lose it really easily Mm -hmm. Um, and this is dated back from when I was at drama school they were like why do you keep losing your voice and it's because I've got nodules but they don't my friend has that yeah it's really irritating and it means Edinburgh my my, I have to be so careful like if I drink too much or I stay out too late um, all things I like to do Mm -hmm. then you know I could completely lose my voice so what I tend to try and do before a show is I try and do some voice Exercises, but then it's embarrassing because often you're sharing these rooms with the other comics, and I'm embarrassed for myself. Yeah, because it feels so wanky to do, but it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. 
God, I hate being sick. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? It's you really forget horrible. until it's happening how awful it is. The sweating and the... Oh, yeah, it's horrible. So I get really bad migraines. Oh, no. And when I get really bad migraines, I am vo- like literally and will vomit for 24 hours non-stop. And it's so exhausting. Mm. And it is, it's the, it's everything. It's like the sweating and the retching and all of it. It's just And what brings horrid. it on, the migraine? Um, it's for me. So I've had to kind of give up coffee, which is really <gasps> sad because I love that. That's coffee. really sad. Can you not even have decaf? No, I can have decaf and I have a lot of it. Um, but I, so what causes it? It's, um, I get it if I get too stressed, if mm. I don't get enough sleep, if I don't eat regular meals... There's like loads of little things I have to look out for, but it's also what, a lot of stuff that doesn't lend itself well to the job. No, that you completely, do. completely. And but it's worse for my brother who gets them as well, and he's my brother's um, a neurologist. Oh wow! And that is a lot of lack of sleep and stress, and yeah. he um, so he always gets them, but like um, he. He like um, oh God, is that yours? I was gonna say that's my baby. <laughs> Do not have a Just, just London living. Shoved it in the bathroom. It's just, it's just hearing the neighbours all the time, isn't it? Is indeed. I don't know. Oh, I'll do this here. Um, yeah. So I. But what happens is when I drank coffee, I was getting them so much more regularly. So I just had to be, for example, like a a bit hungover or a bit stressed or a bit lacking sleep and I would get these horrendous migraines that would go on for two days and one day we would just be vomiting and then since I've given up um, coffee they happen much less and the the really nasty ones are much less frequent but also in the pandemic I think because like everyone was just so stressed I was like what is happening to the world Mm -hmm. Um, I went through a phase in the pandemic of getting every two weeks (gasps) and it was so awful because it'd be like like, every two weeks and I'd be out for two days and just kind of vomiting and my mum would go oh but you'll lose so much weight because that's that's what middle-aged middle-aged middle-class mothers say oh as in that would be a good thing she was saying she was excited about that my mum did say that when I got really bad food poisoning before filming something. She was like, you'll look great in that bikini. I was like, I've never felt worse in my life. But I've given you a sort of battle shield to make the sword, to give the sword a bit more context. I don't know what is going on with mine. I've, I've got like one woman uprightly projectile vomiting. And um, I died. And then she's like holding a bottle. And um, I, don't, I feel like I failed. No, I love yours. I can only see it from upside down, but it's great. <laughs> um, the thing about mine is that none of your audience are facing you. They're just being sick, sort of, in the opposite direction. I like that. That's, that is kind of... Um, might happen at latitude. It might happen at latitude. And then uh, then, then it'll be like, imagine if you... Um, do you, Did you ever watch Heroes? No. So Heroes was one of these kind of TV things that... Um, were really promising mm. and then kind of went off the plot but they had this one good idea of this guy who would paint the future he could see the future and it would come out in his paintings <gasps> that's he, cool but it would only the only way it would work was if he took like heroin right so he had this he was a real dilemma of like <laughs> should I <laughs> stay off the heroin I? or take heroin and then you paint amazing things which means you can see into the future and I thought that's quite a great idea that, and that could be this I could have yeah. this is a prophetic painting of your stage time um, I mean, maybe I, I hope it's okay. I'm trying to say to myself, it will be okay. That if it's bad, that's fine. I think that's the way I've got to look at it. I'll go. If it's bad, 
it's it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully it won't be. Um, and then are you going to make a weekend of it? Yeah. That's I'm nice. taking my brother. Oh. And we are going to... Camp. I'm so excited with camping. We're going to see Pulp. That's, That's the one nice. I'm most looking forward to Yeah, that'd be great. Um, you can swim in the lake. I think I clash with the proclaimers, which is a problem. Problem for them. Oh, was there a lake there? Yeah. <gasps> Thank you for telling me that, because I would have been yeah, so take, guilty take your swimmies. I my swimming. Sw- swimmers. Okay, that's really great. Oil or watercolour? Um, oil. Portrait or landscape? Portrait. Acting or reacting? Reacting. Can you separate the art from the artist? Yes. Tortured artist or manipulative MP? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I'm a tortured artist. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't like a manipulative MP. No. Talk about or think about art? Um, Think about. Looking at painting close up or far away? Far away. Private view or view of privates? Sounds rude. What's that? Private view, like an opening for an exhibition, yeah. or view of privates, like boobs or oh. a dick. I don't know. <laughs> or a vagina. Oh, I think private, private opening. Private view. <laughs> or a view private of an private opening. View. <laughs> um, painting from life, landscape, or still life? Um, life. Art or music? Oh, that's very difficult. Mm. Muse, music. Mm. Out of books. Books. It's hard though, isn't it? You don't really want to put it in one or the other. Yeah, comedy or art. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to say bloody comedy, aren't yeah. I? Um, and finally, Tony Blair or Rishi Singh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. um, oh, oh. <sighs> You don't have to answer. It's going to be Tony Blair, but he did. I mean, I don't. No, do you know what with Tony Blair? It's not just that he did an illegal war, but he also did quite a lot of other awful things that have kind of stayed today. Mm. That I think, um, like he, um, the whole thing of not letting um, refugees work while they're here. Yeah, that was him. Before that, if you came to this country you could still you could still work and now you've got all these refugees who just have to sit around and are only allowed 20 quid a week and they're not allowed to work which seems sort of mad yeah I didn't realise that was him actually yeah that was him and also what he did is he did some other really awful stuff like he he put things like um, indefinite sentencing which meant you could throw someone in prison and you didn't have to say when they were going to come out so um you could be you could be in prison for years and not know if you were going to come out, which is actually kind of That's, psychologically yeah, awful. Yeah, really awful. Um, well, sorry, Tony Blair, but we've got a bone to pick with you. Yeah, do Tony. You're not all that great, actually. <laughs> he does listen to the podcast. Do you own any art, Rosie? No, I don't own any art. I'd love to. I almost... 
with an ex-boyfriend I all we almost bought this painting I can't remember who it was by I mean, it wouldn't have been anyone famous because we could afford it mm. but still then we couldn't quite afford it but the idea was you pay for some of it and then you pay it in installments oh, yeah. actually in retrospect we didn't break up we broke up not that long after and then it would have been like having a dog wouldn't it and having to share it well you think you just hang it in one of your flats for a bit and <laughs> yeah. then sort of swap over <laughs> Do you think it was the um, conversation about buying the painting that led to the breakup? Oh my God, maybe, maybe that, maybe that helped. Yeah, what maybe it made the, us realise. What was the painting? I can't off? even remember. I just remember thinking it was really because I love. Um, I mean, that I think that must be one of the nice things about having money, isn't it? Being able to afford paintings and yeah, stick I guess it so. around your house. My brother, uh, my one of my brothers, who's the the doctor, he used to like draw. He used to love painting. Mm-hmm. His paintings were not good. <laughs> he did used to sort of stick them around his flat. And I remember having a friend around, and they were like, "What, what child did these paintings?" <gasps> this is my, my so brother did savage. that. <laughs> and how old is he? Thirty. <laughs> I think I'm sort of done with mine. Are you? you? No, but I can. Do you know what I can do? I can. I can speed up the process. I reckon I could be done in. Give me ten minutes. Yeah, great. I'm going to sign mine. Well, maybe I should it. add another figure in. So, what do people do at war? Cry, vomit, and festivals. Um, they, they, yeah. Um, they get take drugs. Take drugs. Maybe okay. I should do some drugs. In Not the anymore. We know though. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, what do drugs look like? Just some sort of pills or. I don't know what drugs look like, Annie, because oh, I've yes. never seen them. Sorry. Actually, no, yeah. do you know what? I can't. The, uh, the, the few times I've even gone there, it's all ended horribly. Oh, really? Yeah, so I don't. Yeah. I'm going to have a bite of my red velvet cupcake. They're really nice, these They're cupcakes. They're really good. Well done, Lola's. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, dear, my son's getting in the way of my tent. Right, did you I'm have any do... birthday cake on Saturday? I did. So, so I was at this um, festival thing mm-hmm. um for byline times which is this paper and it was very sweet they they bought me a morrison's cake um, oh not as good as lola's not as good as lola's but it was very nice that's sweet and how did they know it was your birthday because i told them many times my cousin so it was in totnes and my cousin is doing a course down there mm-hmm. in like he's very he's very into the environment and he's a chef but he's sort of doing this stuff and working out how to do things more um like help um, chef so that they they're more environmentally friendly anyway mm-hmm. so he was down there and he was really embarrassed for me that everyone knew it was my birthday and he was like how do they all know and I said because I said in the email I'll come down but that's when my birthday is so um, and did he think that was mortifying that you'd done he, that yeah he was like he couldn't believe that I did that but I was like I think that's less what? embarrassing than just being there all day and being sad and being like it's my well, birthday exactly I, you know you need people to know some people hate people knowing though I don't like that because it's it's my day. Yeah. <laughs> so I need people to. And did you put a photo on Instagram as well, or <laughs> <laughs> put a picture of myself on Instagram, um, smiling in the camera like like a cat in a candid? Oh, you just caught me away. But I made my oh, I didn't even take. know you were taking a photo, <laughs> and it's my birthday. I said, "Can you take a picture of me?" And he was like, "Seriously?" <laughs> I said, "Yes, it's my birthday." So needs Morrison's to be documented. Yeah, Morrison's chocolate cake, which is very good. Nice. So I was a bit drunk by that point, so it tasted even better. Lovely. Right. I've done a bit more... Actually, I wouldn't mind going to this festival. 
Yours, yours is really great. It looks like a sort of horror show, but yeah, exactly. It's so great. I love what you've done. Yours is so sort of beautiful and colourful. And... No, I don't think it is. I think you're humouring It's got. Um, I think hungry I'm... caterpillar vibes. Do you know what? Spiral I'm... sun. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't think I should ever have told you that I did art competitions because I think this is this is just a load of. of no, it's great. And you did tell me Shit. you won a lot of awards before we started. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just horrific. No, it's good. Um, What's your artist signature going to be? Just your initials? Oh, yeah. Or your... Yeah, it's going to be my initials. You could say that your character painted it and sign it. I could, couldn't I? And then I could get away with the fact that it's, it looks like a child has drawn it. <laughs> and have you got anything you'd like to plug, Rosie? Um... Well, um, I'm thinking, well... This will come out in September. This will come out in September. What will I have in September? Oh, well, you know what? My Edinburgh show that I've been waffling on about, which would be in the past... Yeah. Um, that's Polytainment, will is going on tour Ooh, in the spring. Exciting. And I think... I'm not sure when the tickets are coming out, but people should look out for that. And you can find me on, on social media. I'm yeah. on at Rosie as a Holt on Twitter and Instagram. And where are you going on your tour? Um, around the U- around the UK, various places. Nice. Is that the first time? Or did you tour your last? Yeah, actually? I toured my last one, and I loved it. It was so good. And also, by that point, I kind of I was really pleased with the show. I felt I kind of it was it was um, good. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to going on tour again. And it's really fun. And do you have a tour support who goes with you, or do you just? I did. Ride so solo? I did. I did my last tour. I had. Um, uh, Matty Hudson and Suze Kempner, who were who are oh, both nice. brilliant. I don't know if I will. I don't know if I will this year. Um, I might. I might just do me, but I'll, I'll, I'll see. It's quite nice having someone, another person to hang out with, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because it is can be a bit lonely, can't it? Doing stand up on the road. On yes. the road on your own with all the ironic, surrounded by all those people, and yet so alone. <laughs> so alone, and they look up at you and they think. Oh, Afterwards, you'll go out partying, but you know, all you have to party with is yourself. Exactly. Ooh, nice. Oh, how great! What a great oh, I love that. I love how you signed it, just sort of like quite big over the <laughs> top of the picture. Beautiful. Yeah, it's, I just, in retrospect, I regret putting my initials. No, I actually there. like it. I think it's added quite a lot. Um, can I see yours front front way up? Yeah, you can. We'll do the bigger reveal. I love how the vomit like goes into the tent. Yes, yeah, it's vomiting over. And how you've done all the figures, sort of, um, like this. Sort of I mean, if I'd had more time, I'd have given them like sad, like sad faces, sad faces. Yeah, but I didn't have enough. No, time. I like it. They're anonymous, but your character—that's you, isn't it? It's not me. No, Sorry, not. the brunette <laughs> woman in a blue outfit uh, has got features. And this scary lady with the green ribbon. <laughs> he also is a brunette with um, oh, such sad eyes. <laughs> such sad eyes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Rosie. <laughs> Thank you very much, Annie. Um, and I'll take a picture. And if you don't mind, can I keep your artwork? You can keep we it. We might yeah. do an exhibition, <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> um, and I'm going to press yeah. stop on this. And it has recorded, which is <laughs> ideal. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Rosie for being absolutely brilliant. Remember to follow her on social media. She's at Rosie is a Holt. 
I'm on social media, of course I am. At Annie McTweet on Twitter. Maybe I should change that to at Annie McX. Anyway, not for you to worry about. I'm on Instagram at McGrath.Annie and at McGrath.Art for my art. If you want to see mine and Rosie's paintings from today, and why wouldn't you, then follow Secret Artists on social media at Secret Art Pod. If you did enjoy the episode, then please leave us a lovely, lovely review. Um, it's very helpful. And if you want to make a one-off donation, you can do that via the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Goodbye. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round Music by Steve Dunn.